new year new me right just kidding same <laughs> us new perspectives exactly vision 2020 okay so i have a really cool guest today zav xavier denton my ex-step cousin <laughs> what a weird uh like descriptor right yep so xavier tell the people about yourself uh you know like grew up in small town illinois you know same shit you see in every small town just lack of diversity whatever graduated high school moved away to a bigger city went to college came back uh starting the career kind of thing just going from there career what did you study in school and what's your career field so i went to school for criminal justice and i did two years of cj at the university of north dakota i ended up taking like a several sociology classes as well and kind of fell in love with it uh criminal justice sociology and um, that's really moved, cool yeah moved back here started doing um like uh, part-time work at the local prison doing like therapy stuff with them so that's awesome. super interesting to me like i feel like i have many comments going through my mind right now like i want to <laughs> ask you what about sociology and treaty let's start with that so with psychology it was like you know like why do people's brains like work the way they do yes. but with sociology it was what intrigued me was why does somebody become the person they are based on their surroundings based on their wow. like stuff like that so like my senior year i did my final project for sociology was like a 30 some page paper um and it was a study on attitudes towards homosexuality and gay marriage based on the amount of contact they had with uh, lgbtq plus individuals prior to the age of 16. so and what it showed was i mean basically what common sense would say that it showed, you know, if a person had contact with just one person who identified as LGBTQ+, uh, their attitudes towards homosexuality and, like, gay marriage was significantly more positive. Oh, my except God. Except in states where uh, it was, like, devoutly religious or specific southern states. The Bible um, Belt. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> the big religious states, obviously. Um, so what made you go into criminal justice? Uh... <laughs> So, like, growing up, I was always obsessed with, like, crime scene shit and stuff me like that. Me too. Me but then, too. But then I get to college and I, you know, start doing, like, the track for, like, crime scene kind of stuff, criminal justice, and realize uh, CSI work requires a lot of science and a lot of math. And uh, I'm not the most intelligent person whenever it comes to those areas. My I brain feel like I'm talking like to myself. <laughs> Literally saying math and science. Like, I love science. Things I that love the thought me. of it. And I like, I like reading things that are, like, interesting. But whenever it comes to sitting down and, like, making myself learn things that I'm not yes. interested in, I can't do it. Oh, my God. That's me. That's why I, that's why I, I could go to school for free. I don't. Yeah. And, I mean, I had this conversation with my dad the other day uh, about, like, it's not, like, a debilitating thing. But we're almost 100% sure, like, I'm undiagnosed ADHD to, like, some Dude. extent. Dude, same. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, I guess now I can't say undiagnosed because I'm on Adderall now. <laughs> and I've, I just got diagnosed this year with... Undiagnosed but medicated. I mean, it's a thing, right? <laughs> well, I guess I'm just in denial because I keep telling myself, no, you don't have any sort of disorder, but the medicine does 
make me feel normal. Like, it doesn't, you know, when some people take Adderall, it makes them super high. Like, I don't, I just feel like it helps me normal. feel. Yeah. Aren't we all so in denial I, I think about I'm disorders? totally in denial then, but I joke about it. It's a coping mechanism, I guess. But yeah, it makes sense because my sister's on the spectrum. My mom, too, is she's like, I think I'm undiagnosed. And I feel like mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of been like, oh, shit. Because when, like, we were younger, it even, like, it wasn't as no. commonly diagnosed as it is now. No, you had, like, it was for the kids where it was, like, a debilitating thing. Like, for us, right. we still went to school. We still did we our stuff. We still graduated. We were functioning. But, like... It definitely gets to me. Like, I'll find myself, like, spacey and just sit there and stare off for, like, 20 minutes That sometimes. was me this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on Adderall now, and I still... Actually, I didn't take it today. So, <laughs> that's another thing, too. I'm, like... I'm, like, so scared of getting dependent on it that I don't want to take it every day. So, I usually only take it on days that I work mm-hmm. or need the extra push. But on days where, like, I'm just chilling, I try not to take it just because I don't want my body to become so accustomed to it. Yeah, no. My friend uh, who is diagnosed ADHD um, also has anxiety. So, she has, like, Ativan uh, and, yeah. um, like, an Adderall I've prescription. Yeah. And she only takes them on, like, bad days, basically. So, mm-hmm. like, when she wakes up and she's like, ooh, I can tell yes. I'm going to be an anxious fucking wreck at work today, I'm taking an Ativan before I leave. Like, Me, literally has had a prescription for, I'm, like, six, seven months and hasn't gone through it. But yep. because she doesn't want to get addicted to it, like, getting it's fucked scary. up on benzos is hard to get off of, like... Especially me, and I'm a, I will admit, whenever I was in high school, I had a pill problem. I got suspended from high... and almost expelled... Because mm-hmm. of a pill problem when I was 16. So, I and as an adult, I've never had an issue. But now that I'm <clears throat> prescribed these pills I used to buy in school, it's fucking scary. So, it's like, but when, but I will admit, whenever I take them as prescribed, they help. They do. Right. And it's the same thing with so, like the antidepressants, yep. everything yep. else. Like, but it's so hard to like, it's Sometimes like, to I'm stay fine. on that strict thing, especially for, like, someone like you who, like you said, is, like, kind of spacey, like, yep. forgets things yes. very easily. Like, yes. the whole, like, I don't know if you were the same way, but growing up, it would be like, hey, here's your list of things that you need to do before I get home today, and then My you can mom. do whatever you oh, want. Y- yeah. And then you genuinely just forget about the list yes because your yes. brain is just oh going my God. about like and my mom just want. thought i was so like, defiant yeah it's like and oh it's like you. bro i just didn't think about it, it didn't register it literally didn't click and yeah. now i'm having even more flashbacks as you say that because i remember my mom one time she called me down to the kitchen she's like alana come here i'm like eight i walk down she's like you notice anything i'm looking around i'm like no she's like you don't notice anything and i'm like no and she's like, look down. And I look and there's a, my hairbrush on the floor. And she's like, I put that there just to see if you'd notice it. <laughs> this is the shit my dad would do. My brain doesn't see or acknowledge things that, that it doesn't want to, obviously. Mm-hmm. like yeah. Or that it doesn't deem important. Or my attention is so sporadic. It, it either super focused or super not. Like, mm-hmm. Well, and that's like the biggest problem with like schooling and stuff like that right like you look at other countries who have like higher rates of education than we do and they do things like you know when they notice a kid excels in like the arts or something like that then their school track kind of goes a little more along the lines of that rather than like here where it's all based on standardized testing and some people it just doesn't work like it doesn't click for them and 
whenever you have the entire school system set up on standardized testing and that's how it determines like what schools make money so only the rich schools do good and then your poor schools don't do good and then you have like this continuous cycle of just that's exactly uh, it's like the community our environment our family like it's all tied in and it's like when one thing is corrupt it's gonna corrupt everything especially when every aspect is dysfunctional well yeah and like just kind of going off of that like kind of like what you're saying everything's corrupt it kind of brings into question the idea of like whenever you look at like like police or like something like that when you have like this big group of people where it has a a a big sum of them where like they're doing wrong things but it's like how do you focus on one group when every single like group of people in power today are corrupt in some way whether it's financially like you know, that it's like just this made weird something thing. click. Yeah. Because how do people expect the police not to be corrupt if our fucking government is corrupt? Mm-hmm. If our government is corrupt, the police are the <laughs> and military, low key. Yeah, it's kind of the whole trickle Always going to be corrupt, right, like. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you have somebody above you who's doing shady shit to make extra money, and then it's putting more shit onto you. You're yep. going to be more apt to do shady shit to get extra money because you're like, well, I'm getting my ass worked off for this person who's doing illegal stuff and I'm not seeing any benefit. So why don't I just do the illegal stuff? And like, it just creates this cyclical kind of thing. And until it's all cleared up, I mean, I don't think really it will ever be, but. And that's what's scary, but you're right. Well, I mean, people are kind of shitty just in general. Yeah. And that's another conversation. Are humans inherently good or bad? It's a hard question to answer. Even in a modern generation where we have like, all of this knowledge and all of this like past prior experience, we still have like mass murder events. We still have these crazy things that happen from just terrible people. But we also still have things that happen from really good people, like things that people are doing. And this is just like a cyclical thing that's happened all throughout history. I mean, like Genghis Khan, like all these historical people that massacred millions and millions of people. What was the whole thing? Like, were they just a bad person? And that's why I think you're right. It is a hard question because, honestly, to answer it, I think there is inherently good people and inherently bad people. And I think good people can take on bad behaviors and bad traits. And I think bad people can also take Mm -hmm. on good behaviors and Mm -hmm. good traits, hence why serial killers are so charming. Mm, I was exactly going to say that. I was going to say uh, a narcissistic person is going to be the nicest person you meet the first several times you talk to them. Yeah. But going off of that, like the, you know, some people are inherently good, but do bad things. That's one of the biggest things like I've noticed. um, So doing therapy work, like in the prison, um, I do a lot of assessment stuff. And the biggest thing I've noticed is the majority of people in prison, especially those on the mental health caseload, are like extremely impulsive and can't control the things they do because of the mental health problems that they have. Wow. And like one of the wow. biggest problems is these people, they get in and they have a support system finally. So they're incarcerated, which is bad, but now they have the support system and they're getting help for mental health stuff that they may have had problems with for the last like 20, 30, 50 years of their life and was never even diagnosed until they were in prison. Oh my God. But then you have the problem where like, then you get out, 
you have been in prison for 15 years, you don't have a general practitioner anymore. So you get out, they give you your supply of medication, typically like a month, month and a half or something like that. And then it's up to you. You have to figure out, you know, get to a practitioner, get seen, get a new prescription. You know, they give you the steps, but a lot of these people who are in there don't have the support system to begin with. And that's why they end up in the situations they end up with. So then they get out without that. And then recidivism rates end up so skyrocketing. Oh my God. Is there, is there any program where there's like an advocate that helps post released? There is several um, nonprofit programs. Cause I'm like involved in the court system Mm -hmm. for different reasons. And as a victim of a crime, I have resources. I have an advocate that walks me through everything. Mm-hmm. So I do hope that for incarcerated people who may have mental disorders and have never been diagnosed have the same sort of advocate walking them through being released. I would. I, and I, the problem is, like, they do a lot of the time. So, like, they have the mental health staff. They have counselors. They have um, people like trying to get them into halfway houses, stuff like that. But these people are often like extremely overworked. You know, they have way too many people on their like load with how you know insanely high our prison yeah. population is in our states. Yep. But they're human, right? So they get fed up with some of these people, and it's sad to see that you know they just. They do the bare minimum a lot of the times. And that's yeah. the same thing you see from the COs. Uh, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, we're the, we're the people who like do things to help them when they have like problems. Whereas like the COs and stuff, they, they don't have a good relationship with them because they're the ones who are with them constantly. So like they're dealing with them constantly. Yep. So like they're dealing with all of the little stuff all day long and then they and get it tired builds of up it. and then they get tired of it. And like, you can't blame them, but also it's like, you can't treat other humans like that regardless of what they've done in the past. And it's yes. like, yeah, it's just such a weird dilemma. And to no see. one is, per- and that's, it's like, we're, we're humans trying to play God. We're trying mm-hmm. to one adult human to another adult human is saying what you're doing is bad and I have more support. So I'm going to put you in a cage like an animal and dictate because they're playing. I mean, we are playing God We're we're, we're dictating the rights and more freedoms of another human. <laughs> like, trust me, my biggest fear out of everything is being locked up. And and I'm no I I know I'll never be locked up. Right, it's like a subconscious thing. It's kind of like when you're driving and a cop comes up behind you with the lights on. I get, get I work a, for the cops, and exactly. every time I still get scared, even today when I'm doing nothing wrong. Like you get this I like clenched even, feeling in your gut. Yes. And you pull over, and you're like, <sighs> because oh God. you know in your heart they could do anything they fucking want in that moment. If a cop really wanted to, he could, he could spin the situation any fucking way and then it's your word against mm-hmm. theirs. And especially being like a petite female, there's not much yep. you can do about it physically in the situation. And, Ex- and that's what I people still don't get. Like literally grown men still can't understand why I'm so hesitant to talk to them or hang out and it's like right. why like the fuck like, do you think like someone's like hey i want to go out to the bar with you i'm like uh, that you. sounds like, like the out. worst idea i've ever heard in my life like, <laughs> like, uh, let's go to and starbucks just, in public at 10 a.m yeah uh, that's better for me and even then i'm still i still usually don't it's just like yeah no i don't understand people. it and like 
I had this conversation with one of my guy friends, like whenever I was uh, just about to graduate school and we were just talking and like uh, the whole conversation, like, you know, some guys are like, oh, you know, I, I walk down the street and like when a woman's on the same side of the street, I don't cross the street. Like, I'm not going to hurt her. Like, she don't have anything to worry about. I don't know why she's being all freaked out for nothing. And it's like having that mindset and just not putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Like, like me being a guy, if I couldn't go outside at nighttime without the constant fear of being attacked by somebody who never mind if you've actually have been assaulted by anyone in your life, which is at least one third of every girl you've ever met. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. There, there's a great Ted talk by like, I think his name's like Jackson Katz and he talks about it and it's his biggest like takeaway from it is that it's not a like woman problem that they're dealing with. It's like a male problem that everyone's dealing with. And because like, you know, you people bring up that stupid statistic. Well, men are, you know, raped and molested you know, more times than women are. And he brings it up in there. It's so funny because he's like, yeah, well, who are uh, committing those? um, (laughs) I was about to say, I was about to say. Because it's not women. It's a significant, like that there is very little women who actually commit those kinds of like crimes. (laughs) As a female, I look for a male companion. I look for that male partnership. Mm -hmm. Like I appreciate male energy. Like I need it. To be the yin to my yang, you right. know what I mean? But also on that same note, as the female who has been taken advantage of, who has been physically, mentally assaulted, like, mm-hmm. it's so fucking hard to, mm-hmm. like, balance protecting yourself and, and trying to weed out good people for you, but also, pr- I well, <laughs> like, like, I can't even put it in words. No, and it's so hard to put, the way trauma affects your brain and the way it, you know, basically changes the person that you are after it happens. It's, it's hard to put that into words and describe it. But it's something that everybody who goes through, like, a traumatic experience deals with. You and know? I think, I honestly think every human on Earth will at some point go through a traumatic experience. Like, it's oh, inevitable. It definitely is. It's, it's fucking just, inevitable. It's the, uh, the magnitude of it that's going to be, like, yeah. the question. But... Even if it's like a small thing, it might affect somebody more than a yes. big thing affects some the same yes. person. Like, oh, I'm having a bad day, but I don't. But like, I'm afraid to complain about it because someone might be having a worse day. Exactly. Like, but it, comparing but your comparing your trauma is something that a lot of people deal with, and it's something that is like really hard to. Um, kind of correct for yourself because you have to like look at it and really delve deep into like why you're doing that kind of thing. But, and also accepting the fact that like what happened to me happened and this is how I feel about it. I can't change the way I feel about it. I can only move forward from here. So like, and that's something like I struggled with for a long time with like shit that happened to me whenever I was younger. Um, and you know, didn't talk about it for years because it was like, well, why would I like, no one's going to understand. Like, it's not something that's like a serious thing. So it's like, why would you ever bring it up? You know? And it's just one of those things. Men or I'm sorry, let me be politically correct. Um, people who want, who are drawn to becoming police officers want power. Yes. Yeah. And I say that because not all, but not all, but there's definitely some, and you can fucking think about it. What, what, 
if you grow up and you're inherently a not great person and you inherently are misogynistic and inherently want power against people, what job would you be drawn towards? Yeah, and now throw police in, officers. And now throw in the fact that mm, maybe you were bullied too. Yep. Maybe. Uh, yes. Maybe oh my god! You, uh, all my so exes. Now, now you have all this pent up energy. <laughs> so all, my theory is: so I have at least three unhealthy exes who not the best luck all yeah but who <laughs> all wanted to become police officers yeah yeah and they all shared the same traits and it makes sense because i have a type so but what that taught me is guys who inherently want power from a young age because i was in high school are going to be drawn towards jobs where they get fucking power and yep. that's why police officers not all of them, but a majority of them are yeah. pieces of shit. And I say that as I work for the fucking cops for yeah, the last exactly. four years and like, of my life. And that's what I was going to say is like, you work with them. You work with some amazing people, I assume. Oh, absolutely. People I you love literally some of the best for. people like, I've ever met are my coworkers. Yeah. Some. But there <laughs> are also the others. And you're just like. Yep. And I play nice. <sighs> yeah, exactly. You have to. And I, I'm the same way. Like with the COs, you know, like. They don't think I can hear their conversations down the hall from my office that oh, they're talking shit. about. But like, <sighs> oh shit! What and, type of shit do you? What's the craziest shit you uh, witnessed? Not witnessed, but like or, sitting in my office and listening or, to yeah. like the COs down there like talking. Because so Vandalia Prison is a extremely low security prison. Um, you got like 80 guys to a room, one to two COs sitting at a desk at the front of the room by the door. They don't come and go as they please. They have to like get walked places, but like it is so, it you know, it's not like yeah. what you see. Not in, like high security. It is not what you see in TV and the movies and <laughs> stuff like that. No, these guys, they all just like hang out and sit in their bunks. They There's like flat screen TVs on the walls. Um, they just sit and watch like Comedy Central all day. Uh, <laughs> it's honestly the funniest shit because they just have the TVs blaring constantly. Yeah. Like, not I mean, at I night because they can't. But, I mean, yeah. No, if I'm in it, jail, <laughs> yeah, when I exactly. get TV time, I get TV time. And like even in SEG, like they'll get put in a cell by themselves in the SEG unit. But there's a flat screen TV right outside the wall. So they're in this tiny little unit by themselves and they all hate it because you're by yourself and that sucks. But you're not like, it's not like isolation. Um, oh, wait, wait. What's the difference between SEG and isolation? In like bigger security prisons, okay, they might put you. you in like the hole or like yeah, isolation. Yeah, that's what where, I hear yeah, from like videos I That's watch. That's like where you're in a cell and there's literally nothing. Like they shut the door, no windows, no Oh, God. Whatever. Okay, like you okay. Get, you get so a it's, place to sit. It's less. And there, there is a cell like that at Vandalia. Um, that's where I have to send people whenever I do uh, crisis assessments and somebody is yeah. suicidal. If I have oh. to put them on like a 30 or a 15 minute suicide watch they get sent to the crisis cell and it's a padded cell. Um, So like the way that works, the lowest security uh, crisis watch is a 30 minute random check. So that means the CO will come by and do a check every 30 minutes, but it can't be every 30 minutes. Exactly. It has to be randomly every 30 minutes at different times. So like 10, 15 at the next time you're going to do it is like, 
1032 or something like that, you know, like okay, a random yeah. kind of thing. But the cell is like a padded cell. It's got a bed. Um, the minimum security, they get like the underwear and like a smock and like books and a pillow and like blanket and stuff like that. But if they're like legitimately suicidal and like saying yeah. like they have a plan, this is how they're going to do it. They plan on doing it. Then we have to put them on like a 15 or a 10 minute watch. And that's when it's like, you're just in the cell with nothing. Like, yeah, because yeah, all you, all, all you get, all you get is anything. a suicide smock and it's a, basically a big weighted blanket that can't be tore by hand. It's like triple stitched and then like layered over and like yeah. made out of nylon. It's like a whole thing, but it's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, like doing crisis assessments for people. Yeah. Cause in the prison it's a, it's basically like a big worksheet almost. So like I have like three pages of questions that I ask them and it gives me at the end a list of mitigating and aggregating factors of like how, what's the potential of this person like going through with it. So it's like questions like, you know, what's your support system look like outside of this? Like, do you have high standing in your community? Are you looked down upon? Like things like that. So like, those are factors that would like, you know, positive, like uplifting, like go against anything negative because it's like, okay, well they have all these like other things that they can look forward to even if something bad just happened. So like I have to do a crisis assessment if somebody is actively in a crisis situation, but I also have to do it anytime somebody comes back from a writ. So anytime somebody goes to court because they might have just got bad news. Uh, anytime a family member dies and they say that something like that has just happened, then I have to go in and talk with them and, like, do an assessment and just, like, see, get a baseline, like, what's going on, right? Because yeah. in situations like that, people are very, uh, like, impulsive, like we talked about yeah. earlier. Um, yeah. And especially our mental health patients, like, got to be on top of that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, especially when they're in your care and your responsibility. You have to do everything in your power to make sure they're getting the help that they need. And with that being said, because I feel like the general public, and myself included, kind of have like a bias towards inmates. Yes. Sometimes. Oh, we have a bias towards people who commit crimes. When in reality... The average person (laughs) does things that are illegal. Every day. Almost every day. Yep. But it feels, like, really instinctual. That's really cool. It's it's such, like, an interesting (laughs) thing to think about, right? Because, like, a lot of things have been developed, like, over time through centuries of, like, evolution through humans and stuff like that. Like, we have these weird, um, like, attachments to activities and we have these weird responses to stimuli that like the only way it makes sense is that it's something that's happened to like other humans in the past and it's kind of like ingrained in in our veins not our veins but like our brains on a nervous so like like flight or flight yeah flight or flight literally fight fight or flight flight. and i learned there's also freeze and fawn yes isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. My therapist told me I'm a fawn, <laughs> which kind of makes sense. <laughs> but that 
honestly just how brains work and evolve. So like your day down to our daily habits, like what it is is our neural pathways that we engrave in our brain. And in order to change our habits and change our life, we have to literally go against the grain in our fucking brain and force ourselves to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. to actually until we develop good habits and then our brain does automatically as I'm <laughs> if there is only a camera to see the hand gestures I'm making. <laughs> no, but like exactly what you said, you told me today whenever we were texting about doing this, um, that you were like getting back to the gym for the first time in a couple of yes. months. Yes. Oh my God. It was the first time today. I felt like I was fucking dying, but I finished every Exactly. Set and, and how did you feel? Like ten minutes after you walked out the door, like Ama- uh, I was driving home and I felt amazing. I exactly. was like, "Thank God, it's about time." It's been months, mm-hmm. and I was an avid gym bitch. Yeah. I was in there daily for years. Exactly, and but I like took the hardest a year part, off. The hardest part is getting <laughs> back into it. But it it honestly is much as hard as I thought it would be. It wasn't that hard. Like as soon as I stepped in, I was like, "I'm back in my territory." Like, mm-hmm. and I went and I did the fucking. 45 weight on each end, hip thrust <laughs> with the 45 hand bar. So I don't know. What's 45 times three? Uh, like 115? 40, 40, 40, 120, 15. Yeah, 115. 115. Oh, fuck. Or wait, yeah. no, 135. 135. Oh, even better. So yeah, I was able to fucking hip thrust 135 multiple times. God, I used to be able to like. And that's more than do I the weigh. Math in my head. Yeah. Like, oh, I gave up on that years ago. Football, like, for like the plates and stuff because you yeah. would know like oh, we yeah. had to do we it never, all the time so yep. like you would just know like mm-hmm. oh two well two plates in the bar is 220 i think or something like that like, yeah they would just say like okay i used put to, this. it used to click yeah just subconscious i lost that shit <laughs> but the muscle memory that's what's called muscle memory <laughs> no speaking of the gym though uh the local gym like near my house uh they have what are they called like assault air runners. Um, what is that? And like the assault bikes. Have you ever seen those? No, assault bike. What okay, is that? So <laughs> they're all uh, like air and body driven stuff. So like the air runner is a treadmill that is self-propelled. So it's kind of like got a little bit of like a curve to it. What? And it's like a hard um, treadmill. That's uh, sick. Like. I want to try that. Yeah. And like you run on it and it's resistance based that's fucking sick and then the bike is it's like a giant fan on the front and then it's pedals and then like things that you move with your hands back and forth like the pump to do your upper body as well that's so cool so if you do like hit training on those like 10 second 10 second intervals it fucks you up i can only imagine my like a couple minutes you feel like you're gonna throw up and like yep i felt like that today Mm -hmm. honestly but i i'm glad i powered through it but i literally I had to keep taking breaks where I literally, I was wearing a hoodie and I just laid on the floor and put my hoodie as far over my face as it could. Between every set, I was like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. Just need to breathe. Isn't it weird how like afterwards, like that feeling of like, oh, I might throw up. Like it feels so good. Like Yes, it goes from death to fucking, I killed you, bitch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that was aggressive. But but it goes from death to euphoria. (laughs) Like. Like gym euphoria, like you you get high in a yes. way, and like and it's like the healthiest high you can literally because no matter any age, the healthiest thing you can do is fucking work out. Right, and what a lot of people don't understand, like whenever 
like if somebody's like, oh, I just, I don't want to go to the gym and like do all that work and like all that. You don't even have to do all the crazy like exercise. You don't have to be a CrossFit dude. Like you can go in and, you know, like sometimes I just go in and do the rowing machine for 20 minutes and I'll row like two miles and like you just do what you you can until you feel good. Yeah, exactly. Or like go in and walk for an hour. Like sometimes you don't feel like working out like but whenever you push through when you don't mm. feel like working out that's when you get the most fucking satisfaction out of it because it's like you did it you pushed yourself when you didn't fucking feel like it and after you do it it's the most satisfying feeling this uh the gym i'm going to right now though the only bad thing about it because it is 24 hours so that's awesome with my work schedule and everything and also trying to go and like there's nobody there just because fuck yeah that's my favorite that's working out with a bunch of people person. I hate Not it. because I'm, like, self-conscious. But oh, no, they get in my like, way. Yeah, I don't want to wait for stuff. <laughs> they I wanna, get in my fucking like, way. Like, like I said, if I'm going hello. in just to do the rowing machine and the one rowing machine is being used and I have to stand My whole day's ruined. I'm just going to go, all right, I guess we're going to just not do that then. I've literally... Wa- walked in and walked out? Yes. Yeah. Be- literally, I walked in so motivated. Everything was... Fu- I was like not doing it today i'd rather just not than wait i'd rather just not literally last week drove to the gym uh (laughs) slowed down to turn into the parking lot noticed almost every parking spot was full and went yeah i'm just gonna do this later yeah and then i went home and went to work instead we have a very similar (laughs) mindset when it comes to shit like that oh but no like i love it and i hate the fact that like I get into a complacency where I don't go. I've been here for a year. I know. And I have too. And like, cause I, like I lost like 80 pounds and then I moved home and then I started like hanging out with people and just like having a good time again. And like gained like a little bit of weight back. I lost all my muscle. Yeah. (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) Like as somebody who, like I played football for 10 years in like high school and junior high and stuff. Yeah. So like, from the point of like eighth grade to senior year, you're working out every day because they basically make you if you're not playing another sport. Yeah. So like I go from that to college at like around like 285 probably get to college, um, living on campus. So you have to buy a meal plan because yep. uh, you can't be uh, a kid that dies on yep. their watch from not eating. Yep. Uh, so, we both, me and my roommate, bought the unlimited meal plan because we didn't have to like measure our meals or anything, and like. And usually, them or unlimited like that. is the best deal. Exactly, it was. If we went twice a day, every day, you like almost like doubled it in cost because yeah, it was like thirteen dollars for like a buffet, I think. But either way, so like I get College there, going risky. from like being really active as like a fat kid, um, and like working out every day to not doing anything anymore. And still eating the same way. And, like, got up to, like, 325, like, my sophomore year. And then basically just stopped eating like that. Yeah. Is, like, all I did. Like, didn't go to the gym. And then, like, a a year later, like, took a boxing class in school. And, like, got really into that. And so then I started going to the gym in the mornings. Like, I I would wake up and I got really into yoga. And I did yoga every morning Oh, my God. That's goals. And then... So I'd wake up, I'd do yoga for, like, 30 minutes, go to the gym, box, like, do rounds for, like, 
15, 20 minutes and then like row for like 20 minutes and I'd come home. So it was a nice little routine that I had. (laughs) I just love how I can do that. Just turn it up whenever you want. Yeah. Like, hey. But, Zev. What do you go by? Xavier or Zev? I feel like in my head I call you Zev. That's like what the family and like that makes sense people okay. who've like known me We're for fam. a long time kind of yeah. thing yeah that's like what everybody called me and then i guess just normally just xavier like in public yeah work like makes sense yeah so xavier what has okay this will be a multi-part question when what has working at the correctional facility taught you the most and what would you like other people to know about it and on top of that what has 2021 taught you the most and what do you want to go what do you want out of 2022 so this is like a five-part question okay so we'll just do the prison one first because that's a pretty (laughs) easy uh answer um definitely the thing i've learned the most from like working with the individuals like in incarcerations and like mentally ill and stuff like that was that you know with any sort of like hard position you're in with life um having patience with it is like the biggest thing because like trying to rush through stuff isn't going to fix any sort of situation so like I deal with a lot of people who I can't just tell someone to do something one time. A lot of the times I have to baby them and walk them through it every step of the way. You know, like it's just definitely helped me with like just being patient with like every other aspect about my life. Um, Just trying not to like rush things basically. as far as like 2021 uh what i've learned so like basically i told you like when we started like talking a couple days ago and like kind of reconnecting like getting out of a six-month relationship with one of my best friends at the time and like still is like super good friend and like we hang out all the time but what i realized and what i'm still like dealing with is the fact that becoming I put, okay, how do you put it? I guess, I guess the best um, way to describe it would be like attachment issues. Yes. So I get so involved in like the relationship where Me like- Me too. Yeah, so like, that's all I think about. That's all I yeah. wanna do. Me too. The only person I wanna be around. Me too. And like, Me too. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I've, like looking back on it, having all of like my friends, like I messaged one of my best friends who's like been there for me through like everything uh, the other day. And I was like, hey, what are you doing for New Year's? Like, are you going out? Like whatever. And he was just like, no, I'm not like uh, not doing anything tonight. And I was like, okay. And then like I texted him later on. I was like, oh, you know, just messing around. I was like, oh, am I gonna like get an answer as to like why I don't get my New Year's kiss this year or whatever? And he's like, oh, well, uh, if I'm being honest, like, uh, you haven't talked to me in like six or seven months and uh, let alone even wanted to like do anything. So like, why would I want to do that? And like, he wasn't being like, he wasn't being like mean or anything, but like it was a conversation that we needed to have. And yeah, I guess. But it's like, I, 
I go six, seven months without talking to people that mm-hmm. I love. So it's like, yeah. if they hit me with that, I would be so, well, and it was, I would feel so bad. And it wasn't even, it wasn't like not talking to him like here and there. It would be like literally like just like not responding. Like I do that. Yeah. Though. I do that with my besties. <laughs> and I, it just like it, I guess like having them like say that because of the kind of person I am, like it genuinely hurt like yeah I because would, i'm just like i would be so hurt. i actually like, have a similar story but continue <laughs> yeah but no so like honestly just like learning that recognizing that going into 2022 like to whatever is like next whatever like next relationship happens uh having balance like because as important as the person is to me And as much as, like, I want to be with them and, like, spend time with them, you also need to have a healthy balance of, like, your own life outside of that relationship because otherwise things end up building up, like, tensions. Yeah, and then you only rely on each other to fulfill fulfill all of your needs, which is unrealistic. It's very unrealistic. I mean, as as much as you want it to be true. Like, everybody, I feel like, inherently wants, like, well, okay, I guess you can't really say that because there are some people who who are don't totally want the a, opposite. Yeah, exactly. They don't want a monogamous relationship. Yeah, but you you get it because we have very similar thought processes and feelings towards the same issues. Yeah, and I mean, like you said earlier, it's like talking to yourself, like right now. <laughs> I know, like literally, like so you fucking get it, and that's my thing too. Like, it's. I've always found myself, you know, in a relationship in my, and I, and I'm at the point now as an adult where it's like, I really do need to focus on myself. And I realize that, but it's like, it's hard like when people you have feelings for like reaching out to you and shit. And it's just like, how do I just like literally do what's best for me and just not. Mm -hmm. And then like, what's, what's the boundary? Cause then on the, on the same hand, it's like, you can't shut yourself off to like potentially good things, but then it's like, exactly. (laughs) And like, I think what you said is the truth. Like you just have to find that healthy boundary that works for you. It's like, you can go a couple weeks without not doing anything with anybody. And then maybe, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to try to work in like one or two days a month. Like where I for sure try to go out with somebody or go do something or have someone come over and hang out and watch a movie or like try to be social. Cause like there's baby steps you can take to like try to work yourself like back up to it. Cause you were a social person like at one point in time. And that's, that's, it's funny too. Cause like now I'm, it's weird the way like the ebbs and flows of life. Yeah. the Evan flows, yes, because so I was talking today and I was like, yeah, I'm just an introvert. And they were like, you've partied just as much as I have. And I was like, so I, damn. Like you said right. earlier with the, I forget what we were talking about with terms. I said two things. You're like, well, there's actually like these two. Oh, fight or flight. And then you mm-hmm. said actually fawn and. Uh, it's like four. And there's like multiple choices. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also the same thing with uh, like introvert and extrovert. There's also one that's like. And in between, it's like an autovert or something. I was reading oh, about it the shit, other what? day, and it's somebody who has like traits from both sides. So like you may, you know, not be social ninety percent of the time, but then sometimes you're like, I'm the most outgoing person yes! that I've ever met in my life. Holy like, fuck! And no one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I need to look into that because I, for some reason, feel like that's exactly what I am. Mm-hmm. Because 
people don't understand whenever I'm really not feeling social. They're like, and I'm just like, I, I, I. Yeah, exactly. And that's like what we were talking the other day whenever we were planning this. And I was literally just like, I don't give a shit if like you don't respond because like, I totally understand because like I get like that. My social battery will nice. get to the point where I'm just like, I'm going to make sure people know I'm alive. Yeah, and that is like, it. and that's why I feel like I post on socials sometimes. Like, I'll share something so people know I'm alive and still have my humor. Mm-hmm. But then I also feel bad because it's like, damn, I haven't responded to people, but they're gonna I'm see I'm on social every 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it's like it is. But also, such a you balance. don't owe anybody anything. And that's what I'm. I've been learning and yeah. and trying to really. And I feel like I'm stepping into it more and more, like the last month especially. Like I really mm-hmm. don't give a shit at this point. I'm doing what's best for me, and you're more growing, more confident in yourself, like yes. and what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like if it doesn't work for people, okay, then you probably weren't gonna work for me. <laughs> yes, and that's awesome to see because, like, you know, obviously someone I've known forever and seeing yep. like me go like, through so many yeah, stages like we <laughs> talked about the very poor situations that you have somehow ended up in repeatedly uh, <laughs> I'm the common denominator though and that's that what I'm true, learning and, and trying to yeah you, you have know, to you have to find out why that is but also not let it like negatively affect you in a way yes. to where it's detrimental to like fixing yourself that's the thing I'm trying to use all my like negative like emotional traumatic shit and energy mm-hmm. I've held in for so long and trying to turn it into something creative and turn it into going to the gym and turn it into being productive again instead of just wallowing in my self-pity and drinking every day yeah and it's hard like because whenever you get into the, like those situations where you're maybe not the best mentally for a few months and then it just leads to so many different things like definitely in school like when I was at my heaviest like living in the apartments I would come home there'd be weeks where like you know three four days you'd go without like showering brushing your teeth my bedroom like next to my desk it was just like a pile of like takeout trash like stuff like that like the things that you don't realize are depression until you know what it is and that's the hardest thing for people who don't experience it or don't actually know what it is to understand like when somebody is like going through an episode and wow and that's that's, like why like my last relationship was somebody who like also struggled with it so like having somebody who has experience with it also makes it easier because they know how to respond like whenever something's happening or something like that like yep and that's so important because in my experience and and what's funny is i'm so ocd and whenever you just said about like leaving trash around i have a distinct memory of once i was living with someone and i'm so ocd i would always make sure the house was clean everything was done and i remember it was like right after we were going through shit personally and one day i had got home from work and he was like your nightstand looks like shit and I looked at it and it was full of cups and dishes and I literally didn't even notice it Mm -hmm. and I was so shocked I was like oh my god you're right and I cleaned it immediately and I just felt so bad that it looked like that bad and I I was one of those things it was such a like 
awake of us. Like, how did I not notice my nightstand, which I sleep next to, which I keep clean? It's the last thing you look at and the first thing you look at every morning. Like, right? But like, you don't how did it. I yeah. let it get? I was so wrapped up in my head mm -hmm. that I let it go. And that's how I know when I'm starting to spiral is when my environment yep. you notice gets the dirty. the small things, yeah. As soon as, yeah. And I hate that feeling because, like, on one hand, it's great to know like whenever it's happening because yeah. like you can prepare yourself for it yep. but also it brings along like at least for me a like feeling of like panic for yeah. a like second because i'm like not again things are like, out of control fuck this yep. i don't want to do this I'm again i'm spiraling again i don't want to be here like, i'm yep and then it goes to self deprecate like i'm crazy like why mm -hmm. why i'm a piece of shit why am i still dealing with this why am yes, i still why yes, haven't i got my shit exactly. together and like i have the exact same kind of things like overthinking about stuff um like assuming just like the worst possible thing immediately Oh, me too, story of my life. So like something happens and just instantly my brain is like goes straight to like, oh my God, you shouldn't have said that. It's that they're doing this because of that. Yeah. Like, and it's something like yep. I know is happening, but, and it's not rational. Does it, but, like, oh it's my the God, way it makes it, you feel. And then it, like, yes. it takes like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then I'm like, literally okay, I know me, that this is fake. Literally I need to, like, me this morning. Oh my, it makes, it, on yeah, one I hand, I'm your, validated. I saw your tweet. About what did the, I say? What did I say? Just what about tweet? like crying. Yeah. I, not knowing why. Yep, like, yeah. And, yep. And I was just so in my head because I'm like, why am I feeling like this? Like mm -hmm. what? And I think it almost comes down to, I'm not living the way that I know I should be living. Our expectations are built on societal standards, but societal standards are bullshit. Like, 100%. They change every fucking year. Exactly. So, whenever it comes to, like, your expectations about your life or, like, where people expect you to be at the age of 26 or 30 or, you know, you should, you know, be married, have a kid, have a house, like, all this, like, whatever. But, like, for me, the way I've, like, always looked at life and, like, this new therapy job that I'm, or like counseling position that I'm taking pays less than my job does now, but it's going to be in something that I'll be happier doing. Yes. And as long as I can still afford to do the things yes. that I want to do, that's all I'm like content with, with life. If I can still like travel and go hike in Yellowstone Fuck and the yeah. Tetons, I'm yeah. perfectly fine with that. Like, Fuck yeah. I don't need a $60,000 yes, car. Yeah, I don't need a fucking $300,000 yes. oh house. Oh my God, like, thank you. I am perfectly content with living in a studio apartment for the rest of my life. And doing what the fuck makes you happy. Yeah, I mean, at some point, would I like to own that studio apartment so that it's property that I am investing in? Absolutely. But right. I don't need But your a, life isn't going to revolve around materialistic shit that yeah, I don't need isn't going to go to the grave with you. I don't need 3,500 square feet of space in my house. What's going to go what to the, the grave with you is your experiences and yeah. your memories yeah. and your lessons that you learned doing yeah. actual shit. Like, I'm so it, glad you think like that. Like, is it fun <laughs> to entertain people? Absolutely. Yep. Do I want them in my personal space? Not that often. Yep. My, <laughs> my close friends? Yes. That's yep. fine. Yep. In a small space is perfectly acceptable. Yep. If I want to go out and be social, I go out and be social. Not in my I love that. Personal 100%. Space. Yep. I used to live in a tiny house, dude. Mm -hmm. My house, it was just so crazy. 
Most people don't even know studio houses are a thing, but they are. Yeah, because this, this is a studio house. It's not yeah. an apartment because it's a standalone building. Like, it's not a complex. Yeah, and this is the second studio house I lived in. Like, at least this one's spacious, but the first one I lived in, and it was perfect. I would honestly go back there if I didn't already, like, break the lease and shit. Mm -hmm. But it was 398 square feet. It was literally bedroom kitchen bathroom but it had a deck it had a porch that was covered like big yard like i felt in the interior was so nice it had the most counter space even more counter space mm -hmm. in the bathroom than i have now and like i fucking loved it like i fuck it was perfect for me like yeah. fucking perfect i uh i fell in love with like loft studio apartments me, yes and like i had this oh, obsession with looking them up yeah and, me too because like <laughs> There's just something so like weird and beautiful about like the industrial yes, look, but I like also love not it. like because like, I I kind of hate modern architecture, like yes. all the blacks and whites and everything. Me like, too. Me too. I love like pops of color and stuff yep. like here and there, 100%. and but I like I also love like blacks and grays and whites I love too. My but like you have yep. to like mix and match. Yes. Like I think. Uh, Kim and Kanye's house is like one of the ugliest things to mm -hmm. look at. Like that white hallway oh, yeah, where it's like everything house. is like I fucking a hate that. monochrome. It's, it's too much. Yeah. But no, like a so like, like a psych ward. The dream, honestly, is like a twelve hundred square foot lofted like A frame cabin. With a spiral staircase. Yes, yeah, exactly. Obviously. That's my fucking dream. Yeah, like a lofted spiral staircase, A frame, like twelve hundred twelve hundred feet. Or that'd 12, be fucking square feet. That'd be no, like, that'd be fucking I saw I with a view. But also design, standalone. Yeah. Saw a design for one that had the entire front wall of the A frame. So like when you walk into the living room, um, like dining room area, the entire front wall was triangle panes of glass. So it had like it was an you know, obviously just like an A frame wooden cabin, but the entire front was see-through and like all natural lighting oh, so you didn't have like any sort of like fluorescent lighting or anything that would like I make it weird that. yeah oh my god dude that sounds amazing mm -hmm. that's a goal you know and we can have that we just have to manifest it for ourselves you know what i mean like i wish weather wasn't a thing because i would literally just buy a fucking yurt and like live. Yes. yes. I've watched videos on yes, yurts. Yes, exactly. Yes. And they look so cool. They do. But like, I'm like, ah, oh, like tornadoes. Always be safe. Weather is not a thing to play. Mother nature is not a thing to play with. No, but I love her. Nature's metal as fuck. And <laughs> I love that. Nature is metal as fuck. If you're an extremely negative person who's constantly putting out negative energy and like, the, you know, as shitty as it sounds, like the woe is me kind yeah, of Yeah, like, no, it's, it's life, true. Negative things are more apt to happen to you. So, like, I try my hardest it's to just be, like, even. positive about everything that you can be. I mean, obviously, you're going to have shit that happens where you're, like, whatever. But, like, trying to find whatever. So, like, getting out of this relationship, like, after being in it six months, you know, I started thinking, like... This is somebody like I could legitimately see myself like being with. So afterwards, you're like, oh shit, like this fucking sucks, obviously. Like being like 
also your first like real like adult relationship like outside of like high school shit um but like looking back on it like i have no regrets in the situation at all because it made me a better person like being around them as like much as i was as well so her and i breaking up um was like it was like okay this is the end of the year like i'm starting out the new year this is fresh like I started doing, like, getting back on, like, goals for, like, health and fitness and stuff like that. Like, afterwards, I got told about, like, my new job, like, two days. Oh, hell yeah. I literally had the interview, like, two days after we broke up. So, like, I'm going, like, to my job interview. Yeah, exactly. And, like, go and do that. And, then like, so then they tell me, like, oh, it's like, oh, well, we're offering you this job that you didn't even interview for. And then, like... So, like, all this stuff, like, happens, and then, like, my buddy texts me, and he's like, oh, hey, we're planning the ski trip, and I'm like, oh, I'm definitely in, like, it's so weird, like, and that's why you can't say that, like, like, especially with, like, astrology and, like, stuff like that, there's too many things that can't be all coincidental, but it's also not, like, the way people make it out to be, like, it's not a, like, it's not a Bible, no, and, like, the general, like, horoscope shit is bullshit, like, the yeah, like newspaper the, horoscopes yes, are fucking absolutely. dumb as hell. You have Generalizations. Actual yeah. astrol- people who studied the stars. Right, but like using and it in also, a way to like just be like, okay, maybe that's why like I kind of mm-hmm. react to these things in the way that I do, like mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like in that aspect, that's where I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because like you start going in and you look at it, and then you're like. It's weird, specific things from like your childhood, yeah. or like, or like, yes, that like, it, it just, say, like, it makes no sense how that, yeah, how or it'll the, be like, it'll be like, oh, you're going to be like this, and then around this time of your life, it'll be like a big change will happen, and, and like something traumatic, and then like this, and then you'll be like, oh, that, oh that's well, exactly. looking back, you're like, oh, that was exactly Literally what happened, what happened. To me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what blows my mind too, like the way the planets shift and like looking at it as a bigger whole, like when you actually look at what the planets were doing at certain times in the past, match it up with what you're going through in your life and how that affects your birth chart. Yeah. It's not just, people who say everything's a coincidence, like I almost feel bad for them because like the, knowing that there's so much more beyond myself that I don't understand gives me so much hope mm-hmm. almost like being a part of something bigger yeah. than yourself. And that's like kind of like talking about the whole like religion thing. Like we just were, that's another aspect of it. Like I don't have a problem with people who like our religious or like, you know, are, yeah, same. you know, whatever. Unless they're like openly hypocritical and like out like that, and then I'll be like, "Hey, what the fuck are you on about?" Exactly, Exactly. respectful. But like, I respect the people who are like devout religious people because it it shows like they have something. Yeah, like it's a moral compass, like kind of thing, and like they are so willing to do this for the hope that they will be like, and that's all they're doing it for. You know, but, and it kind of brings in like the question, like, what's the, really the intention? Yeah. It like, you know, cause like, and that's, they're doing it because they're supposed to do it. Whereas like, it's kind of that whole, it's like a story that would go around, uh, like one of those like news chain letter things. I remember reading it back in the day, but it was like, uh, you know, like 
if a religious person does something for a homeless person, it's because their God tells them to do it and it's the right thing to do. But if an atheist does it, it's because they're a good person. And it's like, that's not true for everybody, but but it definitely is true for the people I've grown up around in small town Christian communities. And I've seen many, many churches. I went to Power of Change Christian Community <laughs> Center with your aunt once or twice. Oh yeah, there, there, and I went to. Uh, I lived in Alabama as an adult, and I went to. Mind you, I've never been south of um, St. Louis until I moved to Alabama. Okay. When I was nine, nineteen, yeah, I was nineteen, and um, we became part of a church because. It, I moved there with an ex and his parents were pastors and we and we were renting a house that one of the church members were the landlords of so we had to go to church and um yeah I got to see a lot of different religions and and churches and people and behind the scenes and I ended up actually leaving a church function a church function once at that southern church because I felt very creeped out by a man that was there my sister's sister it's a weird fucked up family situation my dad and his brother had a kid with the same girl so it's a weird like yes so my sister's sister was born Tyler and she's transitioning right now we're at my sister's or my nephew's birthday party a couple last summer I believe and like my grandpa like just said something to someone else and was like well, I'm never calling him Taitlin. Like, because that's, like, her name now. It's yeah. like she switched it to Taitlin. And we're just, like, <sighs> it's just one of those things, like, yeah. I get it. I know that this is completely new to you, and, like, it's not something you understand at all. But that's something that, like, you're an adult, and you're emotionally mature in every other way except for this. But you don't recognize that that's not something that you should say, even if it is your opinion, even if it is a shitty opinion. It's not something that you should, like, say out loud at a family fucking gathering. Like, yes. You have to care enough about your own family, even if you don't agree with their perspectives, or even if you think you know in your heart that they're wrong or on the wrong path. Like, that's. And that's, like, the whole argument. It's not. It's like the whole argument too with like the like kicking your kids out at 18 just because they're 18 or whatever. Like Yeah. Me personally, I don't think I could ever like if my kid was like 25 or 26 and was like, "Hey, I just lost my job and like oh, yeah. I need a oh place my God, to like yeah. stay for a little bit." I'd be like, "Yeah, Absolutely. obviously." Yeah. Like we'll get it taken oh care God. of, like That's, figure yeah. it out. But like some people they're just like, "Nope." You're 18, you're on your own. See, I can't like, fathom that. No. And I can't fathom that. My parents were not like that. No, and neither were mine, thankfully. Like, it's cool, like, having uh, a good support system. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, yeah, I will say I'm very lucky to at least have a great support system behind me. Yeah, for, like, everything that's happened. Yeah. Like, honestly, don't know where I'd be without that support system. Yeah, <laughs> probably not doing great. And I feel like a lot of people who never get help or never who end up in even worse situations than what we've been through probably don't have a great fucking support system. And well, it's, like, I mean, it's crazy because like that's generally where 
yeah. the majority of like criminal behavior starts. Uh, like, it's family life. Yep. A lot of people who just don't have a good support system and shit happens because like, and I say that and like, you know, you still have like the rich white kid who does drugs and like does crimes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. even though he's like from a rich white family, it might not also be a great support system. Yeah. The parents might not be around emotionally. Like, Bro, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so like you'd have to look at it in a different frame sometimes Yeah. because like, even though they might be like fiscally better off than 90% of the other population doing the same things, you know, yeah. family, kind of like what we talked about earlier, like nature, nature, nurture, nurture, nurture kind of yeah. thing. It's like, it's perspective. It's like it it really is perspective because it's so and I'm guilty of this too. It's so easy for people to be like, why why are pe- why do these people think this way? Why do these people act mm-hmm. like this? But like you really don't know their perspective. Yeah. Uh I forget what that's called, but like I do find myself like accidentally like having biases. Like, I do too. Sometimes and like you catch as yourself long as you and catch you yourself. and you go, "Oh, hang on a second. That's kind of shitty for me. Yeah, it sounds like a piece of shit. (laughs) Hold up, rewind. Let me uh, reevaluate that real quick. (laughs) And but then that's check my personal. Yeah, you check yourself and you come back, and that's that's what life is. It's growing from it, and that's that's how people don't grow. It's by not acknowledging or addressing or it's it's shit. It sucks because like sometimes you love somebody like so much. But you have to learn to detach yourself from them because they may never, like, grow because they can't recognize the fact that they're broken and they have something inside them that they need to fix. So, like, you know, you could be in an abusive relationship and you could love this person as much as you, like, possibly ever could, more than, like, anybody you ever have. But, like... You know what I mean? You can, like, yep, you can't fix them, and it's also not your job to. Mm-hmm. And you will never get ahead in your own life and reach your own goals yep. if you're focusing on helping someone with theirs. But it just sucks, like especially being like when you, you said, when, when like you, a really empathetic person. Yep. You, oh yeah. You feel oh, know, like this bro, desire, bro. like you're like I need to help them. Yeah. Like get through this, but then it's not healthy. Yep. Also, and, and you have to recognize, it. and that's where codependency and attachment that's all, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, <laughs> life and relationships, they're so fucking complex. But, you know, that's what life's about is learning how to navigate through those and and connect with people and understand people better and having and have more patience and understanding, right? Yeah, with learning and you don't from understand. all of your mistakes and stuff like that. Exactly. Honestly, love the fact that, like, I'm able to recognize whenever I do stuff wrong and, like, change for the better and, like, have have the hard conversation with your partner and, like, communicate and stuff like that because it really does, like, make it, like, far more worth it than just, like, putting it off and not dealing with it. Uh, And, yeah. yeah. Nothing could solve that way. It, it, It builds up, like, yep. It's a perspectives, communication, and that's kind of the goal of my pod, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. glad, I'm so glad I was able to have you on tonight because you are such an intuitive, per like open minded person. And, yeah. and I want people like you on my podcast, but not only that, in my life in general, because 
I need more people who who think like that. Yeah, exactly. It's so important on on evolving Ooh. as a person, growing as a person. But I guess we didn't really say it like whenever the podcast started. Yeah. But like you were my step cousin that because like my mom was engaged to your uncle at the yeah. time and so like any time you were out of school anytime like yeah. i was out of school we were at my house we we're always uh, hanging out yeah like fucking watching children of the corn and oh shit my like god that. And like yes will smith movies it's like and, rock band yeah it's playing rock band <laughs> and like just like doing shit and then like a bunch of shit like family shit happened and yeah. like didn't see each other for a couple years and then that's like what it became was like reconnecting like every year or two yeah. for like a couple weeks and then like we wouldn't talk then, for like yeah, a year or two yeah, and then it'd be like a couple so weeks right. and then like you're we so wouldn't right. talk for a year or two <laughs> and like you know it just so happened to coincide with uh your relationships like yeah. kind of like what we were talking about earlier but <laughs> isn't that funny how shit just <laughs> you look back on it you go oh that makes so much sense now right? yeah but no crazy shit yeah so like that's basically what it's been like super close as like younger and then just like off and on here and there like catching up just seeing what each other's doing and then now at a place in our lives where we're both like older doing yeah. our thing like and ready to, to just do life yeah yeah it's exactly. like trying to find the next step just ready mm -hmm. for whatever the fuck is next yeah exactly i think we're both on a great fucking track though mm -hmm. especially us just both kind of focusing on ourselves and and our and you have so much to look forward to and i feel like even though this year i don't have any vacations or anything planned but i feel like well, the way year, my life has been going i don't even need to plan shit because hey, it's just gonna happen yeah, this is the year of impromptu vacations impromptu like, fuck you're, yes. you're just gonna be like you know what i have three weeks of vacation I'm gonna put in four days and leave yep. on Wednesday Goodbye. and go fucking. I'm, I'm gonna go hike in Seattle for the weekend. Oh like, fuck yeah! You're giving me ideas. I'm gonna go to Sedona, Grand Canyon. Oh, oh. The more adversity you face, whenever you s see that whatever beautiful thing is next, it makes it so much mm. more intense. And I, th I think that's like the fantastic thing about like, you know, sports and stuff like that for like kids is like it does teach you some sense of like dealing with like hard shit and like you need to deal with hard shit if you're gonna be a like completely like solid person yeah because if you're somebody who like never has to deal with anything then when then, something happens you're yes. not gonna be able to oh be, my god yes like but if you've dealt with shit Don't like growing up whether it be like trauma or yep. like a hard yes. life or like doing something that's it's hard so true like, bro it's so true <sighs> You can tell when people are spoiled or just haven't gone through anything. On that note, I'm fucking about to fall asleep, but mm -hmm. only because it's 1 a.m. and I am an old lady. Completely understand. You're going to do the same thing. Dev, Xavier, Denton, plug yourself. I always uh, say this. Yeah. Plug yourself. What do you got going on? What do you want the people to know about you? Where can they find you on the internet? Uh, You know, just... Uh, out there doing my thing, living life, uh, one day at a time. Love that. Uh, Love that. Just so much. Can't have any expectations nowadays with the way <laughs> things are going. You know what I mean? Amen. Uh, I don't know. I'm on Twitter and stuff. Uh, I don't even know. Zavi97, Z-A-V-Y 
nine seven. Oh yeah. yeah, I'll put your like I'll link your stuff in okay, the description. Sick. So guys, read the description. Go look at see what Xavier's up to. He's a cool ass dude. Has an interesting <laughs> ass life and a great perspective on everything around him. Yeah, it's been dope. We'll definitely have to do it again soon. Hell do yeah. A, uh, episode on past trauma and oh, the way it affects our lives like dude, get real fucking you know we into could get it in, especially oh, since God. you have a fucking education background mm-hmm. and like and we both have stories oh for <laughs> days for stories. days yeah. for days but fuck yeah thank you everyone for listening mm-hmm. to vision 2020 be safe have a good new year <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Before we start, I was gonna say, like, when I got here, I was laughing. I like, literally choked on my fucking water whenever I was listening to Ethan and Tristan's podcast. Whenever you were like, Yeah, I don't look like my dad either. Like, <laughs> in the background. I'm glad someone appreciated and caught that joke. <laughs> I had to. Like, I. I literally, like, choked on my fucking water. I was like, Jesus. <laughs>